Welcome back to the Todd Duncan Podcast. This is where success happens. A member of the industry syndicate, Todd's goal is to transform your business and life through deeper connections, higher trust, and proven strategies to help you win and give you your best life ever. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Coaching Live, High Trust Coaching Live. We're so excited. I, you know, I mean, it's so funny, Teresa. I hear um, interviews all the time. I'm always listening to podcasts. And whenever the announcer comes on, they always say, I am super excited that we're going to have this amazing guest. And I have to say that that's very true. It's always true to talk to one of my coaches, but I'm super excited to have you on. So I want to welcome Teresa Dad. Teresa Dad is one of our High Trust coaches. She is actually our longest standing coach um, that we have with High Trust. So welcome, Teresa. Thank you so much. Good morning. So great to see your face. Um, Okay, so today, you know, I wanted to kind of maybe in the beginning just kind of give a little bit of format. We're doing this different format for High Trust Coaching Live because for a couple of reasons. One, we want to bring value to you. We want to see if we can't create an environment to where, you know, you're getting some good information, maybe something you just needed to hear today to move forward and to talk to you about high trust and the methodologies that we teach. But more importantly, I wanted you to get to know some of our coaches and um, to have a chance to talk to and see that they are real, live, amazing people. And uh, so that's one of the other reasons why we're doing this format. So welcome, everyone. Um, So today we're going to be talking about a few things. We're going to be talking about team building. We're going to be talking about leadership. We're going to be talking about time management. And so, um, you know, obviously we do have live feed, and I'm going to turn on my live comments so I can see if we can ask any. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to ask. Teresa and I will keep an eye on that. Um, So first, to give everyone a little bit perspective, Teresa, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your business, your industry, your production? Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. No problem. I've been doing this for 22 years. And in 22 years ago is when I met Todd. I was lucky enough to be assistant to a loan officer who subscribed to this methodology, and he sent me first thing. So I never learned any other way. I never had any bad habits to undo. Now I run a branch, my own production, about $50 million a year in a normal year. This year, obviously, it'll be more like 75 Personally, our Yay. branch will probably do 100 Yeah. Um, what else? What else do you want to know? Um, a little bit about me. I'm in Lake Tahoe. Yeah. In a second home market, which is really crazy on fire right now. We're 200 miles away from the Bay Area. So we've got 10 million people within driving distance. And I feel like half of them are trying to relocate here. <laughs> Why would you say that is, is, Teresa? Why would you say that there's well, a big influx right now? You know, most of the people that are buying right now are first-time home buyers. They're renting in the city. They want to get out. They've mm. been mandated to work from home. So why not come up here? Okay. We'll see. We'll see how it all shakes down. I keep saying yes. when all their Teslas start high-centering, they're all going to move off the hill. Right. <laughs> you know, is there affordable housing in, in uh, for first-time home buyers in Tahoe? No. No, your entry level's, you know, 700000 Yes. Yeah, that's kind of the 
the lower end. But I feel like this is the first wave, at least in my market, because there's a lot of people who have to sell before they can buy and they mm-hmm. haven't even shown up here yet. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's uh, the year isn't over yet. It's just going to, I think it's just going to continue. It's just going to continue. It's really kind of interesting that people are moving. I was reading in Inman, you know, that, you know, the very same thing, people are moving to the rural areas all over the country, you know, California, mm-hmm. all over the country, Virginia. I was talking, uh, listening to a podcast this morning saying that basically the same thing. So absolutely. There's a big, there's a big rush out there. So um, Teresa, as a top producer, you have built a world-class machine, you know, well-oiled, world-class dream dream team. And I know that didn't happen overnight. Can you tell us a little bit about, kind of give us a, a picture of what, you know, who you have on your team, what their roles are and, and what that looks like? Sure. And I want to preface it by saying I don't always make the right hire. I happen to have the right team right now, but I've made plenty of mistakes in hiring. I want to talk about that. Yeah, we'll get to that. Um, right now, my processor, let's see, my assistant, my executive assistant has been with me 16 years. Mm-hmm. Her entire career, actually, everyone who works with me and for me has never had a day of mortgage experience before getting here. So she came from a marina where she sold boats. And that was 16 years ago. Then my junior processor is, I think, seven years in now. And she was she was a nanny. And she was actually my assistant's nanny. And so we needed someone. We grabbed her. And then my processor is the rookie at six years. Um, what else? I have a personal assistant, which runs, you know, we'll, we'll get into what they all do. But the personal assistant runs my kids around and schedules my doctor's appointments, takes my car in to get service, anything and everything in that regard. And then I have Ephraim, who is my production partner. And his role is to generate leads he's the realtor liaison he's the feet on the street and then i think we have a couple of loan officers yeah okay so it you know 75 million a year 50 million on average um you would think that you would have the you know 20 people working for you but you've got a very dialed in group of people that you know have very very specific roles and it seems it seems as though um you know, does a great job in owning owning their owning their their you know, their roles and responsibilities. Um, talk to me a little bit about how long did it take you to put this team together? You know, the team that you have today that you would say is a good good strong team. I've probably been through two other processors in twenty two years, and then for a short period of time, we used the in house processing at the bank, which was disastrous. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the right processor came to me seven years ago, right? And she came from wedding planning with zero experience. (laughs) Tell me that story, would you? Actually, my executive assistant, Anj, knew her because Uh their kids played soccer together on the soccer field. And she said, you're going to like this girl. She's one of us. She's going to fit in well, and she's sick of wedding planning. So, you know, if you asked her, she'd say, Yahoo, really super exciting and sexy to be a loan processor, but she loves it here. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it says a lot for, it says a lot to the organization that you've built and your leadership that the people that are with you have been with you 15 years, seven years, you know, um, for extended periods of time that, you know, I was talking, listening to Simon Sinek on my way in this morning, and he was talking about, you know, people, you know, need to, you know, need to love, love their work and love what they do. And it seems like the people on your team love what they do. 
They do. And they do it well. And they now do it autonomous of me. That, <laughs> so, that's the best part. I don't have yeah. to do much. Yeah. So that's, I think that's what I want my next question to be is, and, and but my first question is, is when you brought on Ephraim as your production manager, how far, when did you bring him on? And at what point in time did you bring him on? And when did he fold into, into the team? He came to me as a borrower. That's how I first met him. Mm -hmm. And I mean, this had to be close to 20 years ago. And he came to me and he said, I want to learn how to do this. Will you teach me? Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, it was probably maybe 14 years ago because I had just had a second child. And I was like, you know, I don't have the time and energy for you right now. This mm -hmm. is pre-2008, right? I'm like, go sure. do it somewhere else for a year uh -huh. and come back and we'll talk. Right. So he did. He went to work for um, No Red Tape. I don't know if you remember that company. No. It was super jumbo, stated everything, you know, it was okay. great, great product. But like <laughs> I said, pre-2008. So he came back and he is naturally a super high eye. So he could, I watched him, he was a standalone loan officer and I watched him get the phone to ring hundred times a day, but his conversion rate was, you know, 1%, 2%, 5%. It was pretty low. Mm -hmm. And mine was 90%, 95, 100% of the people that I talked to applied and closed with us. Mm -hmm. So we said, well, the obvious match is that he generates leads and then I take them to close, right? So that's kind of how it works between he and I. Everything mm -hmm. that he stirs up and sends our way closes in my name. So he is truly a production partner. He gets paid basis points on every closing we do. Okay. So then, then he's, you're, you know, you're, you're still the closer, right? Mm -hmm. And he is he's getting he's better, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I think that that's a, a specific skill, Teresa, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and that, that level of confidence, you know, and every time I talk to you, um, you know, you, that level of confidence just comes through. So I know that has to come through when you're talking it to a client or when you're talking to a prospective, just prospective borrower. Um, you know, a lot of people in our industry right now are needing help. You know, a lot of people in our industry right now are, you know, they're beyond capacity and they're looking for help and they know that there's no help out there. And a few of my clients have actually asked, a few of our coaching members have asked, you know, I'm thinking about bringing on some people. They don't have any experience what would you advise, you know, me to do as far as bringing them in and, and training them and training them up? Because it seems to be the only option right now. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. Even if you had someone available, they just have bad habits. That's what mm -hmm. experience equals, right? Maybe mm -hmm. a little knowledge of Encompass or whatever your LOS is, but mm -hmm. not super valuable information. So I guess my advice would be don't hire anyone without a DISC profile. And if you're coached by us, we can provide that. Yes, Right. We can. You know, um, Arian just hired a personal assistant. He probably had me do 15 discs on 15 different people. Mm -hmm. And then the last mm -hmm. two came up perfect. And I said, I, I'm not talking to these people. You know, he's thousands of miles away from me. Mm -hmm. But I said, either of these two, I would hire sight unseen. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's my superpower if you want to call it that on hiring. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever I do a disc, a uh, disc debrief with one of our coaching members, because we are disc client, our coaching members have a disc profile. It's always such, um, they're always so amazed at how 
definitive it is and how on spot it is and how accurate mm -hmm. it is. Um, so you don't have to meet these people. You can pretty much look at their disc profile and as a certified practitioner, which you are, um, and all of our coaches are, um, that, you know, you can, you can just dial it in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So tell me, um, you, you mentioned earlier, you know, a couple of pitfalls that you had in hiring people and bringing people on. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah. <laughs> easy one. We as human nature, we want to hire people that are just like us. We want to hang out with people that are like us. We attract people that are like us. So yes. you meet someone and they're engaging and they're fun and you've got the same demographic and the same sort of political history, whatever that might be. Mm -hmm. Terrible hire, right? Terrible hire. I don't need somebody like me. I need somebody the opposite of me to fill in right. my gaps. Right, right. And so, you know, that's, you know, so true. And, and I think that we're, you know, we're attracted to those people that are like us because we resonate with so much of what they're saying, mm -hmm. but at the same time, we don't need another Teresa. Um, you know, we need, we need someone who's going to, as you said, fill in, fill in those gaps. So, um, you know, I, I guess that would be probably the first clue then is if you're resonating, if you're in an interview and you're going, yes, I feel the same way. You're probably going, I'm not going to hire this person. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> right. They have the same strengths and weaknesses. I think perhaps another failure. Oh, I'm going to have to think about that. I never had a problem paying people what they're worth. I learned that from Todd early on. Mm -hmm. You know, if you pay them more than anyone else would pay them, they're never going to even think about it when they get recruited. Right. Sure. That's important. Um, I hired friends. That was a mistake. Anyone I didn't vet that just came to me, a, a client referred or a realtor referred, never worked out. Mm -hmm. But the executive assistant, I've only had two my entire career. And the first one just didn't come back after her third child. She decided to stay home. So I've got good success in that role. Mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. processor role, I, I mean, I have the best processor in the industry, in my opinion, right now, hands down. And then junior processor, I, she's the first one I've ever had. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I've been through a bunch. It was just we created a role and we got so busy. And so she's been there the whole time. She's super great. They're all really great. Even Ephraim, he's been with me 15 years. Yeah, he's he's a doll. I've I've gotten I've had the opportunity of getting to know him, and he's he really truly is a gem. Um, so, question for you: As far as maintaining culture, you've got a great culture within your team, and and everyone you know loves what they're doing. They love working with each other. Um, is that is that an element? And how do you manage that when you're bringing in somebody new into the environment with regard to maintaining culture and and leading culture? Well, you know, there's a million aspects to that. But mm -hmm. for example, in the hiring process, my team will interview one of my team. Maybe my executive assistant will interview someone. If they make it through that, we'll do a disc. If they make it through that, they have to go back to the entire team, not just okay. my assistant, but they all need to sit down, have a conversation, ask questions back and forth. And then lastly, it's me. And really, it's a rubber stamp at that point. If the okay. disc works and everyone else likes it works for me. Okay. So it is a team hire. Yeah, absolutely. Team hire. That's so important. And I think that that's something I think that a lot of us sometimes miss. 
Um, I know here at High Trust, whenever I bring in someone new into the environment, they go through, they go through, they meet Deb Duncan, they meet Alicia Barada, they meet myself, they meet, you know, I think that they, Todd, sometimes Todd doesn't even meet them. Or, and if he does, he meets them at the very end, you know, because... Right. And Deb Duncan has such an amazing way of asking questions. And that's what's so great is that they'll ask questions and have conversations that maybe you wouldn't have, you know, mm-hmm. and then we can kind of collaborate. And so when anyone we bring into the high trust culture, it's just so very important that we kind of go through that process to make sure that they're going to fit within the culture. And sometimes, sometimes they're not. And when we identify that they're not, um, they don't stay very long. You know, loan officers, I would venture to say more than half of them are high D's, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Would you say so? I would which say means so. They need to be in charge, mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. And so taking a loan officer through the whole thought process and breaking them of the habit of it has to be me or it's never going to be done right, mm-hmm. but I need someone with experience because I'm drowning. So now I have this person that I'm not delegating to because I'm a D, Right. So you have to work through all of that. Yes. Yes. Coach your people into you have to give this person some autonomy. They're going to make mistakes. It's going to cost money. Mm -hmm. The only stupid question is the one you ask twice. Right. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. let them ask questions as long as they're taking notes. It's just, I mean, Harry Gordon is who I first worked for. And many people listening to this will have heard of him. Uh He had me follow him around for 90 days. I didn't make a call. I didn't, I had zero contribution. So you get these D loan officers that were coaching and they're like, Oh my God, I just need to find someone. Cause I'm swamped. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. You found someone. It takes a while to find them. You find them, you hire them background checks, all that. And then you, then they do nothing for 30 to 90 days, mm-hmm. depending on how their aptitude is. That's a tough sell when we're coaching, right? That's <clears throat> if you don't do this right, it's not going to last and we're going to be doing it again. Yeah. So that's, that's so very true. That's so very true. And thank you for bringing that up because, you know, we go through the process and coaching and hiring the right person. And then we have a whole other conversation that goes on for you know, however long, a month or two on, on delegating to them and, and letting go and more importantly, empowering those people when they're ready. Um, and I think that that's, you know, that's another big conversation that we have a lot of, you know, is that, you know, because they feel as though, you know, that, you know, everything is tied to their income and no one can have that conversation with that client and no one can, you know, to do the data entry and upload the file into the system. And the more you start letting go little by little, um, you know, you start empowering that person. I, you know, the very first words that I always say to any to new coaching member is that my goal is for you to go on vacation with your family and leave your laptop at home. And there's always this gasp, you know, there's, I can't do that. I, that will never happen. Right? And, and I, I always tell them it will happen and, um, and you will find it to be a great experience. And, and, you know, I have a, a story from one of my clients who texted me from Hawaii with his family. He has a young family. He says, we did it. I am on the beach. I am, do not have my laptop. And when he came back, from his trip from with his family, um, not only had his client his his team closed every everything on time and everything went smoothly, but they actually had several new. He had you know I think four or five new clients that he had appointments with when he came back. So they were actually generating business and so empowering them. You know they also he said hope oh, he says I think they're actually happier, and I said yeah. I would I would imagine that they would be happier, right? 
now they don't want me anywhere near anything. I don't even have passwords for certain things. <laughs> I don't even know where to get the info. They just don't <laughs> so um, so let's talk about that. Um, Fifty to seventy-five million this year in production. Um, how many hours do you work, Teresa? Yeah, good question. Normally, in a normal market pre-COVID, it was about fifteen to twenty. Now, right now, we are so busy that it's probably twenty-five, maybe thirty. Okay. So for me, that's a significant increase, but you know, my team, they, two of them have two kids each under 10. So they full on homeschooled, you know, now that it's summer, it's a little easier, but really I'm the backfill for all of that. Like yesterday I ran two files through DU. I don't usually do that. I know how to do that. So I just Mm -hmm. went through it, but that's not normally part of my daily activities. And was that something that you said, how can I help? Um, mm-hmm. And and they said, we could we could use some help here if you could just do these two things and that type of thing. Is that how that came about? Or Yeah, I mean, we're, referrals are coming at us so fast in our marketplace. And sure. Little side stat, in March, we had 99 escrows in our MLS, and today we have 508. Oh, my goodness. So they are flying in. And we have a tiny little marketplace, right? So what I got yesterday was my assistant had said she'd do a pre-approval before the end of the day, Monday, mm-hmm. and she didn't. Not for any reason other than her kids, dinner, life, right? Mm-hmm. So I said, I'll do it. And then I said, why don't you give me a list of what we've got in the queue in order of priority, and I'll jump in on a few when I can. So it's easy for me, right? I'll always yeah. have more experience than them. I've sure. been doing this since... Fannie Mae came on 13 floppy disks, three and a half oh, inches that you put yeah. in your Pentium, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then used dial-up, took hours. So now it's no big deal. Yeah, no, and you know, and that's, you know, you know, you just have such a calm way about just kind of going about it and saying, where do I need some help and that type of thing. And I think that that's one of the things that I, one of the things that I hear from our coaching members most recently is, you know, there's a level of anxiety, there's a level of stress, there is a level of we don't know when this is going to end. There, you know, the great news is is they have a tremendous amount of business, and the bad news is is that it's not closing on time. Processors aren't getting it done, and those types of things. And like you can feel, and I'm feeling a, an undertow of, of, um, oh, how should I say? I guess an undertow of, of stress and and probably some anxiety. Um, how many? How are you maintaining? You know, team spirit, keeping everybody, you know focused and not only focused, but happy, you know, still loving their work. Well, funny question. So the first couple months of this, so that was the end of March, all of April, probably the first part of May, every Friday, I would go down to Whole Foods and Reno and make a few stops and get them each a six pack of either wine or I don't know, whiskey, vodka tequila whatever that is and some snacks and some I even got some playstations for the two who have little kids oh okay trying to give them some space right mm-hmm. and I would go deliver all these things right Every you would deliver them I did that was my mission of the day was to go get the goodie bags baskets and you know we like to hang out together so I know what they all drink we all you know so that was fun. And more lately, because we're closing loans, it's been about bonuses and they're significant. Mm-hmm. And my 
sort of commitment to them is if I'm if I'm making what I want to make, everything else goes back to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All of it. Mm-hmm. So we're giving out close to $45,000 a month in bonuses to these people. It's a lot of money. That's tremendous. That's wonderful. Maybe actually more than that, but yeah, it's a fair amount because it's like, okay, at the end of the month, I made this, this is leftover. This is how we're going to allocate it. It's completely um, subjective, meaning Mm -hmm. it's my prerogative to give it to them or not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But they're very engaged because the more profitable we are, the more money they make. Yes. Yes. And I think the profitability goes to, um, you know, it goes to executing well, you know, making sure that we're checking all the boxes, dotting all the I's, crossing all the T's. And that's all so important because that's the only time where it costs money is when those kinds of mistakes are being made. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you're profitable is everybody's keeping their eye on the ball, I would say. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they're very interested in it. Very interested. And they're not interested in hiring anyone else because they have to share, right? Their piece mm-hmm. of the pie gets smaller. So they're mm-hmm. working their asses off. Oh, I shouldn't yeah. have said that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so no, don't, don't say you're sorry. So you okay. So we're hearing this, we're hearing this amazing dream team. You know, we're hearing about, you know, the inner workings of it. Let's say that you're a manager today. Um, and you are leading a team that is not necessarily operating on all, on all cylinders. What would you say would be kind of one of the one or two things they could do to start to turn that around? Well, it depends on how is it broken and it needs to be replaced. Mm-hmm. It's always a hard conversation to have with the coaching clients, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. But are they ever going to make it? Are you keeping them on because they're just like you and they're, you like them and they're fun? Or are they ever going to step up to that? And I heard from Todd 20 years ago, the most expensive time is when between the time you decide they need to go and you actually get rid of them. Mm-hmm. And for, for those of us, I'm not a D, right? For those of us who are not Ds, it's a terrible thought process. I hate firing people. <laughs> but, you know, if it's just not going to work out, you have to get rid of them. Right, right. And yeah. I, I don't know how many people I've offered to my coaching clients. Let's do a disc review on your entire team. Mm-hmm. Let's put mm-hmm. them all on paper. Sure. Because yeah. if you've got a high eye in a processor role, it's it's doomed. It's mm-hmm. never going to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's you know it's so true, and it's something that we are doing a lot more these days um, with our with our master coaching members. Is we're having we're doing the you know we're doing the disc pre- reviews, and it's interesting how some of the support staff processors, you know, our ops staff are um, are, are a little bit hesitant to do the assessment. So I was thinking this morning that we need to present it in a better way to where the DISC assessment is really about, you know, we, for us to have a better understanding how to communicate with you. We have a better mm-hmm. understanding of what motivates you um, and, um, and a better understanding of, you know, and, and having that leader share his DISC profile with his team to say, this is, you know, this, this is what I made up of. This is what motivates me. This is the best way to communicate with me. And I think that that in and of itself really kind of changes a lot. I've seen it change a lot with a lot of our, with a lot of our coaching members. I, I totally think that's true. When I was introduced to DISC way back when my then processor, we had a group offsite day to go through it and she cried and she said, it's not me. It's you. I'm not the problem you're bitchy or whatever. <laughs> I was critical, right? Uh-huh. I have matured 
at this point and I'm much less on the sharp edges, but you know, I mean, as far as discos, you could take that even further. I just went on a two day retreat with the realtor and her team mm-hmm. and we did the whole disc. We did the disc debrief. We did the team disc overlay and how they all work together. And you know, you can take it anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I can't agree more. And I think that this is more important than other, you know, you know, to be able to connect and to make those connections and to work better with each other and have that flow and recreate that flow. So even if it is the right person, it may, it would definitely serve, you know, serve the team to be, you know, able to have a better understanding of that individual and have that individual understand themselves a little bit better instead of, you know, playing the blame game. Right. Um, So I'm going to switch a little bit to time management for the last, you know, two minutes here. And I'm going to ask you one question and that is going to be in Todd Duncan's book, high trust selling the law of the hourglass states. So you must have, you must make your moves before your time runs out. Why, why is that important to the success of our business? Well, I mean, for starters, don't waste time. Right. right? It's right. sort of the preamble to time traps. Mm-hmm. And if, if you read that book, it is the same thing. It's saying if you do all these things, you don't have any time left over to actually make money or spend with your family or whatever. Like, what what's um time traps it's the yes trap saying yes mm-hmm. to everything chasing everything that moves trying to put every loan in the pipeline terrible idea saying yes to agents that are going to suck you dry terrible mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. what's uh time traps it's got about six or seven traps the control freak trap yeah right you refuse yeah. to delegate that's another huge one mm-hmm. if you if you don't have an assistant you are an assistant Thank right? you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's just, I don't, I can't even, we could get into how that works, but we don't have time today. So, right. but, and the tech trap, the tech trap, that's, I remember Todd taking pagers because yes, that's how long I've been in his world and knocking it off of a tee with the golf club. Like, I remember this that. Is, this is not making you more productive. And so all these devices, you know, you get your Apple watch vibrating on your arm and your phone's over here and your iPad's going off and the computer. And it's just, it's, I don't think that you're more efficient. You yeah. can't really do more than one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be not- diving more, you know, much more deeply into time traps. Cause I think that that's something that's going to be so critical right now, Teresa. And, and um, <clears throat> we're coming up to the end of our time here. So I just wanted to ask you one other question is that top producer running an amazing team, probably number one in your market. If you're, if you're, you know, I would imagine you are number one in your market. Um, and why, why high trust coaching? Why are you a coach? Why are you giving some of that very, very valuable time to our coaching members? It is my way to give back. You know, I was fortunate mm-hmm. enough to be taught the right way, which mm-hmm. to me is the only way. Mm-hmm. And I watch so many other loan officers struggle and just think that it's all it's hand-to-hand combat out there. And it's just not like that. That's just, it doesn't have to be that way. And that's kind of the answer. There was a time early on when I worked 60 hours a week, but you don't have to do that. You, you know, what do we do all day? We exchange our time for money. We work. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty broad. Okay. Well, you can go the other way. You can give money to people in exchange for free time. Mm-hmm. And you just have to own that. You have to say, okay, if you get an assistant, an entry level assistance, $3,000 a month, maybe mm-hmm. less, but mm-hmm. say it's $3,000 a month. 
Could you do one more loan? If you didn't <laughs> have to block loans and disclose loans and order appraisals and, okay. you know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what it is anymore because it's been so long, but <laughs> all that mind-numbingly boring stuff. If you, could mm-hmm. you do one more loan if you hired someone? <clears throat> and if the answer is yes, it's break even, right? Because mm-hmm. your commission is roughly three grand. I'm thinking kind of nationwide, maybe not here in California. Could you do two more loans? Okay, well, there you go. Now it's profitable. Could you do three? Yep. And this is this came this was the assistance system, right? And I think Todd's already mm-hmm. doing that, isn't he? Because that is sort of the blueprint for all of it. It's yeah. the I mean, I remember seeing Todd on stage saying his not to do list, and he's le- reading off these things, and he says, "I do not hang Christmas lights on my house unless my kids want to." He pays someone to do it, right? It's it's just the thought process. <clears throat> There's other people who could do this and who would be eager to do it for you, mm-hmm. who would be eager to participate and be a part of your team. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone here, they they say, I'm, I'm with Teresa, I'm on her team, and that's like a badge of courage, right? It gives them the authority to go do whatever it is they're doing. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting you should say that. And I, I I learned that in a very big way myself from Todd Duncan. And, you know, when I started calculating my hourly rate, you know, my, my business um, at that time was in, you know, Beverly Hills, California. It was West Los Angeles, very, very competitive market. And, you know, Todd and I had gone to Sales Mastery, sat in that room and listened to Todd talk. And he said, you know, at your hourly rate, first showed us how to calculate your hourly rate. And he said, should you be, should you be making, making copies? Should you be, you know, doing Mm -hmm. data entry? Should you be doing these things? And it really kind of resonated for me. And that's how I started filtering. No, 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 no. Mm -hmm. And, um, and these are the things that I should be doing. This is the things I should only be doing and hiring the right people to, who are terrific at it and probably even better at it than I was um, to, you know, to do that data entry, to, you know, to, to do all of the, the back office work in, in, in a way that, you know, that, that was going to actually streamline the process, right? Right. <clears throat> yeah. So I didn't, it didn't take me long to learn that one. I, I kind of was overnight and it shifted and that was, that was the end of that. Um, okay. Well, I think that we're coming up to the end of our time, Teresa. I want to thank you so much. Um, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. You know, you have so much to bring and so much value to bring. Thank you for being a high trust coach. Um, we are looking for, we are looking for, you know, for a few more coaches. High trust coaching is growing. If you feel as though you qualify or would like to see if you qualify to be a high trust coach, please uh, send an email to me, hope.borman at hightrustcoaching.com. I would love to entertain, um, you know, your, your application. And uh, we're looking to bring on, I'm bringing, I'm doing certification in August and September of this year, uh, maybe a little bit in July. So um, in the meantime, have a great week, grow an amazing team. And Teresa, thank you so much again. Have a great day. My pleasure. Thank you. Okay. This is Todd Duncan. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Did you know that Elon Musk has a brain coach? If a billionaire entrepreneur who's redefining the automobile and space travel industries has a coach, I think everybody needs a coach to become the best version of themselves. You may not have dreams of launching a rocket into space, but if you want to take your business and your life to the next level in less time with less stress, I encourage you to schedule a free coaching call with one of our certified coach consultants today. 
It's absolutely free, and I believe it's the opportunity you need to have your best life ever. Visit HighTrustCoaching.com or click the link in the show notes below to schedule today.